It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. We are back after recharging our batteries for a couple of weeks. Um, to do a catch-up with all the news that's broken through the international break. And we'll do a preview of the upcoming game against Hull City at the weekend at Vicarage Road on Sunday at 3pm. Um, firstly, Mike, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's uh, It's been a while since we've done one of these. It, it, well, it certainly feels it anyway. So it's, mm. uh, it's good to be back and it's good to know that um, Watford are back as well on Sunday. I've I've not been watching lots of the World Cup. I think it's been a bit crap because of where it is. So I'll be glad that uh, domestic football's back. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm all good. I'm looking forward to this weekend getting domestic football back. Like you say, it's difficult to get into this World Cup, isn't it? Obviously, we're enjoying the progress that we're seeing with England. England getting through to the next stage. We're in the quarterfinals of the World Cup now. But it's it's hard to get motivated for it. It's like if it was in the summer, beer gardens would be full. Everyone would be out drinking, enjoying themselves, watching it. And now it's just like just tucked up indoors, just watching it under maybe a blanket, watching England game. And it's like evening kickoff, seven pm. It feels a bit weird, and yeah, it's just hard to motivate yourself to actually enjoy this World Cup. But we certainly will enjoy it if England do end up bringing home the prize at the end of the. Um, tournament which is I don't know do you reckon it's likely Mike obviously let's let's talk about the World Cup very briefly before we jump on to all things Watford obviously we've had a current Watford player represent their country over in Qatar in Ismail Assar and unfortunately he, he got knocked out by England the other night in their 3-0 defeat but Ismail Assar had an okay tournament, didn't he? He scored, he won a penalty and scored the winning penalty against Ecuador to help Senegal um, reach the last 16 of the World Cup. And he was involved in other bits and pieces as well. And he looked dangerous against England, especially in that first half. I think he had Carl Walker and Toast and he really struggled to deal with him. Um, how would you sum up Ismail Assar's 
performance in the World Cup, do you think it's enough to maybe put himself into a shop window? Although Watford won't want to sell him in January, but maybe towards the end of the season, people will be like, okay, Saar still got it and we might approach him at the end of the season. Do you think he's maybe done enough to put his name back up there? I think so. Uh, I think everyone's seen what a talented player he was. I mean, like I said at the start, I've not watched much of the World Cup. Uh, I did watch Senegal's first game against Netherlands um, and I thought Saar was was absolutely brilliant. He was terrorising the guy down on the right-hand side for, uh, for, uh, for, for, for Netherlands. And like you said, he, he, he coolly slotted away that penalty the other day to put Senegal through to the last 16 against Ecuador. And it was a no-look penalty. And I just wish he could bloody do that for us. He can't seem to score penalties <laughs> for us. But, um, but no, you know, I, I think he's he's definitely shown the world his, his capabilities and that he's still got it. Uh, I think there was there was no doubt that he, he, he'd still got it. It was just, he'd been very inconsistent. Obviously, his injury last year uh, sort of hampered his, his sort of performances a little bit. But... We've seen him back to his best and back to the Ishmael Asar that we all love. Um, so hopefully we we still get to keep him in January, but don't be surprised to see a few bits crop up here and there. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah. I totally agree with you there. It's like, why can't he stick it in the back of the net from 12 yards for Watford? Um, maybe you should try this no look next time. But then again, I think I'd rather gel Pedro standing over it after what he did last time um, against Red and he actually slotted it away, um, which we really needed. Uh, Mike, also, a guy who's... I, I really didn't see this coming. Four years ago, he left Watford in a move to Everton for a deal worth up to £50 million. Four years later, he's wearing a number nine shirt for Brazil, leading the line. It's Richarlison. Did you see this happening? Like, it's fantastic to see how well he's done and kicked on. And it's obviously Watford have highlighted that he's he's got a lot of potential, and and that's what Watford do. Like, they target these youngsters who have got a, a lot of expectations and they're highly rated and got massive potential. But it it just shows how good this network can be for the Potso's family, can't it, Mike? And are you surprised with how well Richardson has done with? since leaving Watford and, and did you ever imagine him to be leading the line for Brazil in the Qatar World Cup? Um, I, I never thought he'd be leading the line for Brazil in a World Cup. Uh, there was obviously talent there. Uh, I mean, I really don't like the guy. I, I know that there'll be people watching this thinking, oh, come on, like, it, it's it's good and all this. It's a, it's a nice little story. But honestly, I, I, I really think he's an ignorant so-and-so. Um, you know, the way that he spat his toys, uh, spat his dummy out the pram, sorry, um, when Marco Silva left, it was quite clear that he didn't give a toss about playing for Watford or he just couldn't be arsed and obviously moved to Everton with Silva. Uh, I mean, it's great. It shows that the Pozzo network, scouting network and that South American link that we have, it's showing that that is, is such a good link to have. You know, we've got that, it looks like we've got that Matthias Martins coming. Uh, in the in the summer, perhaps, or in January, I'm not quite sure. I, I'm getting the uh, transfers mixed around here, but um, you know, he's another one from Fluminense. Uh, Fluminense, uh, obviously, João Pedro, and like I've said various times on this podcast, I think João Pedro will go on to better Richarlison's career. Uh, I, I really didn't see him getting a move to Tottenham. 
you know, whether you class that uh, class Tottenham as a, a big team or not, it is a step up from Everton, and it is that sort of team that you'd expect him to go to to be playing European football. So, you know, in, in that regard, it is you know quite nice to see that a player that was once gracing the field at Vicarage Road is now leading the line for. Probably, I would say, the tournament favourites left in the World Cup now. I think they'll go on and win it, Brazil. Um, so it is, a, it is weird to think that, you know, we used to watch him week in, week out, and now he's sort of the main man for Brazil. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I really dislike Richarlison. I, I think he's a bit of a twat, to be honest. But uh, hopefully, it, it won't be too long. I think, what, the next World Cup's in America? may have got that wrong. Yeah, in, uh, North America and Canada, I think. Yeah, so 2026, hopefully, João Pedro, whether he's playing for us or not, he'll be the one leading the line for Brazil. Uh, but, yeah, that, that that's my thoughts on it anyway. Yeah, João Pedro to wear the number 10 shirt for Brazil in four years' time in the next World Cup will be a sight. Um, but all Watford fans believe he, he has got the potential to, to, to do and be better than Richarlison as well. Like we've all said, we, we can see that he's got more potential in him than what Richarlison did when he came to Watford. Don't get me wrong, Richarlison was class when he came into Watford, but he, he his head went as soon as Silver went and that's why Watford fans don't rate Richarlison in high regards like they would do with other past players. Um, Peach has came up and said he had the potential to do whatever uh, what, what he has done. And so in that sense, it didn't really surprise him. Um, and he also agreed with Mike saying he's a, pet, a petulant child um, at Watford and after November and did the same at Everton. So he just knew what was Charleston was going to do. Um, and then Mike, he's got three goals already in the World Cup as well. That first goal he scored was... Absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if you've seen it. You've said you've not watched much yeah. of the World Cup. The way he controlled it and then did the scissor kick in the air, it was just absolute class. Um, so hats off to him and it's good to see him doing well. Um, so, Mike, just quickly before we move on to Watford stuff, you said that Brazil's probably your favourites now, Brazil to win the World Cup? Yeah, I think uh, Brazil uh, a total outfit. They look really, really good. Uh, I'm buzzing for Morocco as well. As I'm sure Imran Loser is, you know, first time they've got that far in a World Cup, I think. Uh, I think Portugal's a bit of a stretch for them. And uh, Argentina will easily beat uh, Netherlands. I know Brendan usually watches and he's Dutch, so apologies, Brendan. I don't mean any disrespect. I just think Argentina are a really good outfit. But, yeah, I think um, I think we'll probably see a Brazil-France World Cup final and I think Brazil will, Brazil will win. Must as well, just quickly, I'm enjoying every second of Messi gracing that pitch still. He just shows that he is by far the best player in the world. Um, better than Ronaldo. And I think the last few weeks has really shown that there was, Ronaldo's his stock's just gone downhill. Ever since that Piers Morgan interview, Mike, well, he, yep. he's got sacked from Manchester United. He's been dropped by Portugal. He's been linked with a, a move to Saudi Arabia. How the mighty's fallen. Like, that wouldn't have happened to Messi because he's got the right mentality where Ronaldo is it's just ego, isn't it? It's Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. And he don't care about anything else apart from him. So I'm, I'm just enjoying watching him crumble a little bit. Um, but Mike, 
let's talk about a Canadian international now. Um, I don't know too much about him. You probably don't know too much about him as well. He's a young guy. To Watford have agreed terms with Can- uh, Canada international midfielder Ismail Kone. Um, Kone has just returned from competing at the 22 World Cup and has signed a four-and-a-half-year deal uh, with Watford. He joins on an undisclosed fee and will actually officially join Watford on the 1st of January. Um, I've seen figures circulating on social media, but the fee is in the region between 8 and 10 million euros. Um, the highly rated 20-year-old featured in each of Canada's Group F matches against Belgium, Croatia and Morocco and has nine international caps to his name. Uh, he signed for Montreal, um, who finished second in the 2022 MLS Eastern Conference and third overall, achieving a club record 20 wins. Uh, he was originally born in Ivory Coast. Kone moved to Canada age seven and signed a professional contract with his hometown club, Montreal, in August 2021, making his debut for in February 2022. He went on to play 32 times for Montreal, attracting interest from many um, European clubs before settling for a move at Vicarage Road. Um, Mike, he made his professional debut in February. He went on to start for Canada in the World Cup in November. He signs for Watford in December. It's been a big few months for um, Ismail um, Kone and it just shows that he's, he's very highly rated, especially if big European clubs have been asked after him. Is, is this a decent move for Watford? Uh, I mean, only some will tell. Uh, this could be as well one of the first signs of Ben Manga and his team getting, you know, stuck into their jobs um, with, with in, in that new role. And hopefully, you know, we're going to see a few more transfers like this uh, where you, you don't really hear of them and then they go on to do good things. Uh, I, I asked the Frankfurt fans in, in there, uh, in the Twitter comments of them releasing a statement about Ben Manga leaving, I just said, what can we expect? And I was outlined a few players bought for X amount and then sold for even bigger amounts. So who knows? This could be one of those players. But he, um, like, like you said, I, I can't say I've ever seen anything of him. Like, like I said, I've not watched much of the World Cup, but I'm sure that, you know, the Pozzos and, and Ben Manga, if he has had anything to say about this, I'm sure they've done their research and he's uh, he's going to fit into the squad. And it's it's another young player, Ben. You know, I think that's what we've, you know, been screaming out for the last few years. We've obviously, it's been a while since we've had someone come through from the youth academy and make their mark on the first team. That's what Watford used to be about. But, you know, whilst that's still not happening, it's good to see that we, we're buying young and hopefully, you know, start, you know, bringing these players' careers on and selling them on for the big books later on, which is what the Pozzos do. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know much about him either. I think I've heard that he's potentially a number eight. He likes um, progressing up the pitch with the ball as well. He's got an eye for a pass as well. So, only only time will tell, but hopefully he, he, he hits the ground running and maybe comes in and takes KMB's place in the team because I think Chowdhury's position's pretty much safe, isn't it, in that defensive holding position. And then it's just the positions in front of him. So I definitely maybe would swap KMB out and put in maybe Kone. But it's it's difficult. He's a young guy. He's coming into a new country. Uh, and 
it might take time for him to adjust. We've, we've seen how Mario Gaspar struggled in the first few months coming over to England. He struggled to adapt to English football and get up to speed. And then he was taken out the firing zone and he came back in recently and has improved massively. So maybe it might be time will tell with this signing. I don't think he's, he's going to come in and be an instant starter. Where maybe we saw before when we've signed someone in January a couple of years ago, Felix Zinconeagle, he came in and he went into the um, first team straight away pretty much, didn't he? Mike, he maybe did a couple of bench appearances. I think his first debut was away to Manchester United in the Cup. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, he was thrown into it straight away. I don't think they're going to do that same approach with Kone, um, but it would be interesting to see. And it, it, it's, it's reassuring, Mike. You've said about how we're getting younger players coming into the football club and we're picking up players with a lot of potential it's reassuring being a Watford fan seeing that we we can attract these young players to the football club when we've and they're not put off by the Watford merry-go-round of changing managers all the time they're looking at Watford and thinking Richarlison's gone there he's gone on to move to Everton to Spurs now he's playing in the World Cup for Brazil They've, they've probably seen the progress of Joel Pedro, another player who's joined from Flemenese, uh, and they're thinking, well, he's really strongly developed his game as well. And there's there's more examples as well. And it's reassuring that they're not being put off by what's going on off the field at Watford and, and not being like, well, I'm, I'm not going to go there because the manager would chop and change every six months. It, it That's refreshing for Watford fans, isn't it? Absolutely. And, Hopefully, they're, they're looking at the bigger project. You know, Watford is a team that sees themselves in the Premier League, which is mad to think that, you know, considering what the club was like when, when I first started supporting it. To think that we almost feel like we should be in the Premier League is is quite crazy, to be honest. But, you know, it's that project. Obviously, being just outside of London will help as well. Um, the, the attraction for, for foreign players to come over and, and be... You know, near London is is a bigger pool than most people would think, and you know, we 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 do want to be playing in the Premier League. We want to be an established Premier League side. So I think there's a lot going for the club in regards of trying to sell it to a player. And like you said, you know, you if you're a young player, you've got plenty of examples of of players that have come in and bettered That's their career. Really or, well. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we we've we've there's plenty of examples of players that have come in and you know done good for their career and maybe gone on to other clubs and you know now playing at a decent level and at the end of the day it's it's a good club to come to if you if you're young and, and want to test yourself in especially with this chap that's coming in he's he's never played European football before so it's a great you know second tier of English football you know really good level to test yourself at and also a chance to to be in the Premier League within a season. So I don't, I, I'm not surprised he's, he's he's opted to join us. To be honest, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see many more young talents coming into Watford because Watford's new sporting director he's been pictured at the London Coney Training Ground within the last couple of days with his team around him, and it looks like he's brought his scouting network with him from Frankfurt as well. And you've mentioned already, Michael, about they they, they seem to buy these gem of a player for quite a low transfer fee and then make him into a star and sell him on for big bucks. And that's what Watford are a selling club and they've always been known for that. But I think he's going to 
he's going to walk, tap into his network and get these stars that have helped Frankfurt get to the Euro, Europa League final two, uh, last year, win it against Rangers and, and, and attract those to Watford. And like you say, Mike, Watford being based just outside London, it's a much better attractive offer. Like I think Kone was linked with the likes of like Norwich and Sheffield United as well. But when the side's closer to London, there is a bigger pull, isn't it? Because he can go out and socialise in London. He, he wouldn't be socialising around the Steel City or Sheffield or uh, over in Norwich and I was in in the tractor fields and all that. Um, yeah. But, um, but it, it's, yeah, I'm interested to see what we actually do within the next couple of transfer windows. I think we're going to see some big moves for Watford now, especially if they're the talks of the investment, like that's gone quiet lately, but it's probably gone quiet because there's they're working behind the scenes to get something done. Um, but if the investment comes in, I know it's only a small percentage, but that would help the transfer uh, budget as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Watford actually do. Um, but last Saturday, Mike Watford beat Arsenal 4-2 at the Gunners training ground in lonely, uh, London Colony, just over the fence, like we all know. Uh, Keena Davis got a brace. Yasser Espria and Joe Pedro was also amongst the goals. Um, but Arsenal played a, not the fully strength team because obviously lots of their players are away at the World Cup at the moment, but it was still lots of first-team players amongst the team um, and they changed it around at half-time and that's when Watford got the goals in the second half, really, because they made those changes and the under-20s came on under-18s. But it's good for the confidence still for Watford. But the main thing I took out of that result, Mike, I know re- results mean nothing and friendlies is all about building up fitness and, and working on stuff. Jeremy Ngakia started the game and got 60 minutes in his belt. That's massive for him, isn't he? Considering he's just came back from injury. And he said in an interview with Andrew French last week that Watford fans haven't seen the best of him yet. And he is eager to show Watford fans what he can actually do. But there's no better way of starting than doing 60 minutes against Arsenal in a pre-season friendly, is it? No, and he'll he'll be delighted that he's back. And he, he's got a lot of people to, to prove... I don't want to say wrong, but he, he's got a point to prove. You know, he's been out injured. We were we were raving about him, you know, last time we were in the Championship about how good he started in the season. Didn't get his chance in the Premier League. And when he did, he struggled. So, you know, he, he'll be wanting to come in and hit the ground running, especially now that Gosling is injured for the foreseeable future. You know, we've not heard any more about that, but he's not going to be coming back next week. Let's put it that way. Um, and I'm sure Bilic won't want to be playing... Cathcart at right back if he can help it. You know, we have got Gaspar as, as an option, but it is the fact that he is, you know, as, as old as he is, um, you know, you would expect Bilic to to start Ngakia over him. So Ngakia's he's got a lot going for him in, in that regard, and he'll want to hit the ground running and he'll after that interview, he'll want to back up what he said because you know, there's nothing worse as, as as a footballer. You can say all the right things, but if you don't go out and show it, then it means diddly squat, to be quite frank. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to his return. And, you know, 60 minutes in that game, could that mean we see him against Hull? Could it be too soon? I don't know. I know we've got Huddersfield coming up as well. Um, but, you know, even if he manages to get on the bench against Hull, 
you know, that'll be at least a start. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him back then. I, I was really impressed with him last time out in the Championship. It'll be interesting to see if he does um, play against Hull or is on the bench because Hull was linked with a move with him back in the summer. Um, so they'll be probably keeping a close eye on him and keeping eyes on how his career progresses at Watford because um, I'm sure Liam Rossini would probably like a player like Jeremy Gaffey to the side. Um, I just think he can offer Watford something slightly different from what we've had recently. Obviously, Gosling doesn't bomb forward, nor, nor does Mary Gaspar. So I'm hoping that he can help out in the attacking sense on that right-hand side for Watford. But who will know what that starting eleven will be on Sunday when we face uh, Hull City. Uh, but also a guy who, who got 20 minutes at the weekend, Mike, was 17-year-old Adrian Blake. Um, he got 20 minutes into his legs, a host of Premier League sides that iron up a move for him. Um, he's only got one year left on his contract, but supposedly he has been working for the new deal at the Hornets. Um, so we'll have to watch his space to see whether he um, signs it or not. But he also scored a hat-trick for the under-21s um, a week ago in their 4-3 victory over West Bromwich Albion. Um, is he someone that... Is he maybe the next big thing to come through the academy for Watford? Because I know there was talks of other players who like Shaq Ford. Shaq Ford, we've not heard anything really about him this season. I don't know if he's injured. He's definitely not gone out alone. But it's very, he's gone quiet on that front. And I think Watford were having a lot of hopes on him. And, and I think Scott Dutchbury said that he would be in and around the first team when they, they had those secret meetings back in uh, uh, last March. Um, but I, th- I think Adrian Blake's probably that next one for Watford fans, isn't it, to keep a close eye on? Because he, he's someone who can break into the team. And I think, has it has, did he feature against Leicester City in that FA Cup game last year, Mike? Uh, I'm not sure if he remember. featured in that game. Uh, a lot of youth prospects did. Um, I think Shaq Ford was on the bench. I think Shaq Ford actually came on against Leicester last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said earlier, Ben, you know, we, we, we used to be that club that any chance we could get an academy product to come through, they would come through. You know, it didn't necessarily mean that they were good. You look at the lots of your Matty Wichelos, you know, he didn't exactly set the world alight. Uh, Ross Jenkins, not that one, the other one. Uh, he was, you know, someone that come through as well. Sean Murray, you know, the list goes on. So, it hopefully he is. You know, I saw Fabrizio Romano report that Premier League clubs are sniffing around him and he's only got one year left and Watford are going to offer him a contract. And I hope we do. And why can't we stick him on the bench? That That's what does my head in, you know, stick him on the bench for a game. If we're winning comfortably, bring him on for a few minutes at the end. And, you know, you're not going to pin all your hopes on him and say we, we, we need a goal and you look to him on the bench. You're not going to say, right, go on, kid, on you go, try, get us a winning goal. You know, that that would put a world of pressure on him. I, I know... You know, he's a footballer at the end of the day, so you have to expect that. But I'd at least like to think that, you know, if if we're sort of cruising in a game a little bit, give him 10, 20 minutes in the legs and and, and let him show us what he can do. And, you know, it's it's those little bench appearances is how you, you know, ease your way into the first team more and more. So I really hope that he does come through and I really hope that we do offer him a new contract and that we see him in the squad before the end of the season because it sounds like... He could be the one. I think, like you alluded to there, we were sort of 
sold that dream a bit. We were led down the garden path a little bit in 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 the respect of Shaq Ford was going to be the same, and it hasn't quite worked out. I believe he's injured though. Uh, I don't know if he's back or any details on the injury, um, but it hasn't quite come to fruition what people were saying about him. So, yeah, hopefully Adrian Blake is uh, is the next big thing if you like to come through the academy and. He, uh, it won't be long until he features in the squad because championships are a long old season, as we know. And, you know, any depth we can get in any position will, will be, uh, you know, welcomed with open arms. Yeah, I was wrong about the Leicester City one as well. He didn't make his debut for Watford in that. He actually makes uh, came off the bench um, in the EFL Cup this season and, and played 17 minutes. Um, so he has made his competitive debut for Watford. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the season. He's heavily involved with the under-21s and plays week in, week out for them. So, And obviously got that hat streak last week, which will help out um, with his confidence. Um, but yeah, like I say, this Sunday, Mike, we've got Hull City at home. Um, we've not played Hull for a very long time in the Championship. It's been about seven, eight years because um, yeah. we was over, we was in the Premier League. I think last time we actually played them was actually in the Premier League. And we yeah, lost, and I think, yeah, two 0 And I think, um, I think they had Marco Silva at that point. Um, yeah, they went down that season, but they still beat us. Yeah, they, they um, beat us two 0 at the KC, and I think we beat them one 0 at home that season with a Michael Dawson own goal. Um, yeah. So it's been a long time since we played them. Um, but they've got a new manager at the helm. They've got Liam Rossinia. He was appointed Hull City manager on the 3rd of November. He's already taken charge of three matches, winning one, drawing one, and also losing one. Um, the last time they, they played was was against Reading, and they lost that 2-1 at home after conceding a last-minute goal from Andy Carroll. Um, Hull have a decent away record, though. In their last six games away from home, they've won three, drawn one, lost two. So they're, they're difficult on the road in their last six games. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as Watford fans might allude to. Um, their main threat is Oscar Estepinian. Um, they signed the striker in the summer on a free transfer. And the Colombian has scored eight goals already this season. And who could forget, they've also got the, the Turkish Paul Pogba, um, Ozan Tufan. He returns back to Vicarage Road this weekend and he's also got three goals this season. God knows how he's actually found the back of the net and the balls haven't ended up in, to Rosette, but he has scored three goals this season. But, Mike, it's going to be a difficult game, isn't it? I think Liam Rosinia, it's a decent appointment. He, he did well at um, Derby County. He was supposedly the brains behind Wayne Rooney, wasn't he, when... They had that transfer embargo. They was getting through all the youngsters, and it, he was like the brains behind it all. But do you, do you think he would do a decent job with Hull City and, and steer them away from relegation? Because I think that that's why they made that change, wasn't it? Because they was getting a bit close to that relegation fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think opposite. I, I don't think it's a good appointment for them at all. He, um, okay. as as you say, you know, he was with Wayne Rooney at Derby, and then Rooney left and. He was sort of left in temporary charge and they didn't really get round to appointing an an official manager until Paul Warren uh, a couple of months ago. And it was a bit weird, you know, usually when you've got an interim manager, you're on the lookout, but they didn't seem in any rush. They obviously had a lot of faith in in Rossinia and 
like you said, there were rumours that he was the brains behind Wayne Rooney at, at Derby. He obviously did very well. If it wasn't for the points deduction, I think they would have stayed up. But um, I don't think it quite worked out to, to plan for Liam Rajinia this season for Derby. Considering the squad that they have in League One, I think they're expected to be, you know, running away with that league. And I'm sure Derby fans will disagree. But um, it's it's quite interesting that they've gone for him. Um, and, you know, the, I, I think of Watford Hall games and the, the two that I think back to, are, well, the three, is the 1-0 win under Zola. I went up to that game um, and Troy Deeney scored. I think Jonathan Bond was in goal and he had an absolute brilliant game for us. He was pulling out... Was that the midweek game? Midweek game, yeah. And Hall were going for the playoffs with us that season. Obviously ended going up because of the whole stuff on the last day against Leeds, etc. And then the other results is the playoffs where they absolutely battered us on... Uh, on aggregate, I think it was like 6-2. And I think Danny Shitu had a goal disallowed in the home leg. The home leg was first, because I remember going to that, because that was on a weekend. And then the the away leg was midweek, and my dad didn't let me go because I had school the next day. And uh, they absolutely battered us. So, you know, mixed emotions when it comes to Hull. I mean, you know, in the last five games, they've picked up four points. So, you know, but as we know, in in um, in the championship, you can't underestimate anyone. We do look better at home, so I am a little bit more confident that we're playing at home. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a great watch for anyone going. You've got to remember that these guys have just had however many weeks off for the World Cup, so the football's not going to be as fluid, which means there are more opportunities for the teams and sort of form does go out the window a little bit. And... Uh, yeah, but I think because we're at home, you know, I like to think that, that we can get, get the job done and it would set us up nicely coming back from a, from the mid-season break. So I, I'm going to be I'm gonna be confident then. I'm going to be 2-0 to Watford, I'm going to say. OK, yeah, so Wat- Watford are actually fourth in the form table for home uh, games this season as well. So we do have a decent record at home and we are slowly improving our away record as well, which has kept us higher up in the table. But... Yeah, I'm quite confident. I think I think we, we we got enough in it to get the three points. I just think, like you say, they've had a couple of weeks off now. I don't think the intensity is going to be there. The, temp, the, 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 the tempo of playing back-to-back games is going to be missing, isn't it? So I think it might be a bit of a, a slow game. It might have a bit of a feel of like a pre-season game that start filling each other out and then, then it might up its tempo. But... Yeah, I'm confident. I'll, I'll probably go for a 2-0 Watford win as well. Um, I, I was just trying to think, have I been to Hull as well? I think I went to Hull and it, we drew 0-0 and I think we didn't even have a shot on goal that game. Well, luckily it wasn't a, a day trip. I got the train up on a Friday night and we uh, one of my friends went to uni in Hull so we stayed in his place. Uh, so we didn't have to pay for accommodations or anything. And we, we went out Friday night in Hull. And it's true what I say about Hull. Hull is a shithole. It's not the noises of places. Um, it, it's a bit grim. And it, I think it was about November time when I went to it. It was absolutely freezing cold. And, and we came back on a Sunday and 
so we did two nights out in Hull, but it, it was just awful. It was one of the worst weekends I've ever had. Um, but yeah, luckily I've ticked that one off, so I won't be going up to Hull anytime soon. Um, but uh-huh. I bet you're looking forward to seeing Ozen Two fan uh, this weekend. Do you think he's going to get good reception from Watford fans? No, not at all. But I tell you what, I do think will happen. He'll have an absolute brilliant game against us because that's how the world works. You hate a player when he's at the club. He does shit for us. But when he returns with a different club, he will absolutely rip it apart. I mean, to be fair, from what I've read on Twitter, I think, and I'm sure Hall fans, if they do come across this podcast somehow or clip or whatever, um, they may disagree, but it looks to be a real split between the Hall fans. Some think he's he's brilliant, he's you know, but other fans think he's lazy and he's shit, pretty much like we did. Um, you know, he he has been well. I say he's been scoring. He's got three goals, as you mentioned. Um, whether that's the system that they play, whether he plays a little bit different to to how we played at Watford, but you just know he's going to have a, a brilliant game against us. But I like to think that you know. The lads have seen him enough in training. They know how to to press him, what his weaknesses are. That can play into our hands a little bit. And I like to think, you know, having someone like Hamza running at you like that and closing him down will play into our hands a little bit because he, he, he was lazy for us and there was no work rate at all. So hopefully the midfield battle wins that. Uh, it's Oscar Astupina that I'm worried about. I signed him on Football Manager for Coventry City. And uh, he's been bagging goals for fun for me on that. So it's um, he's he, he looks a real good player. He's come over from the Portuguese league and he was he scored goals there as well. So uh, yeah, we need to keep him quiet. Absolutely. Yeah, that um, Oscar S S in the opinion or whatever his name is. Um, I think he started the season really well, didn't he? I think he scored like five and five or something, and then it tailed off. Um, I don't know if the managerial change came into that as well, but I, I think his form's been struggling off late and I, I'll take that because he is a decent guy and I think he scored two or three at West Brom away as well um, this season and he, he just looked class for Hull. But Hull, I think they're a bit of a hit-miss team, aren't they? I think yeah. they can they can score goals, but they can also ship loads of goals as well. Defensively, they look poor. Um, so I think you're, you're either going to get a Hull return up and they're going to turn it on and score lots of goals, or they're just going to ship four or five goals. Um, so I think they're very inconsistent, aren't they? And they're either going to be a team that, if it clicks, they'll probably push on to top 10, um, or if it goes wrong, they'll get relegated. They're just one of those sides, aren't they? Because like, I think they got taken over by Turkish owners last season. They, they brought a lot of Turkish players into the side, and this is where the Ozan Tufan's transfer came from. Um, and then the Turkish owners just they're just bringing in the players that they know from their league. But we've all said that you need you need time to adapt to this league. And I don't think half their players yeah. have maybe hit that level yet. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually perform this weekend. Um, well, but yeah, Hull have conceded the most in the league as well. They've conceded thirty nine mm-hmm. goals, and even Huddersfield, who are bottom, haven't conceded that many. Um, but they have then gone and scored 25 goals. Only We've only scored three more goals than 25. So, you know, like you said, it depends what Hall turn up really, isn't it? Yeah. 
and I'm I'm confident of us scoring goals at home. You've you've obviously got um, Keenan Davis. He's just scored three goals in uh, yeah. two weeks in pre-season. He scored against Blackpool in our one-one draw. He scored two against Arsenal. Um, so he'll be round to go, and he loves scoring goals at the Vic as well. Um, you've got Jal Pedro who who scored against Arsenal. He was involved in three goals against Arsenal actually. He, created one of the chances for Keenan Davis and, and Ben set up uh, Yasser Esprit as well before Ben Joe scoring a goal. So he's going to be bang on it as well. Um, we're unsure whether Ismail Asar will be involved or not. I think he might be given a rest. Um, there's been no footage of him returning back to the training ground. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's been given a week or two off just to recharge his batteries because it was an intense environment, the World Cup. He went straight in, didn't he? I think he was training for a week before the tournament. Then he's played four or five games out there, pretty much 90 minutes all the time. Um, so I think they need to rest him. And I don't, I don't blame him. I still think we've got enough in the side to get the three points without Ismail Asar. Um, and then you've got Ken Demo who can pop up with goals when required as well. And Vakun Bio off the bench. Um, what, what kind of... We'll, we'll wrap it up in a set, but... What kind of starting eleven would you go for um, against Hull? Um, obviously, just before they went on the World Cup break, we saw that Daniel Batman potentially picked up a, a little injury um, playing for Austria. But then he was pictured in training for Watford and in some videos training as well. And I don't think he didn't. Even, I don't think he played against Arsenal. So I'm I not sure he, whether I think he, he did play against Arsenal. He, he did. Oh, it was a coy he didn't play, wasn't it? And Ben Hamer got the second and a half. Um, so, yeah. yeah, obviously, Dan Bet- Batman, we've got nothing to worry about then because his injury in the um, international break it wasn't as um, as bad as everyone first feared. Mm. So, obviously, Dan, Dan Batman in goal, who, who would you go over at right back? Um, I mean, I, I think, bearing in mind, Jeremy's only got 60 minutes against Arsenal. Uh, I would probably just play it safe and put uh, either Gaspar or, or Cathcart there because I'd imagine he's going to play Cabaselli and possibly Truce de Kong because I think Cabaselli's played in, in both uh, friendlies. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I'd, I'd rather go Truce de Kong and, and Sierra Elta, but I don't know if Sierra Elta's injured or not. Um, so, yeah, either Cathcart or Gaspar for me at right back. Um and um left back left Kamara, back I, um who sorry Kamara Kamara yeah Kamara hundred percent yeah um so you sent the backs you said it would be Cabaselli and Trucicon I think he's gonna go Cabaselli and Troost but I personally would go for Troost and Sierra providing that Sierra isn't injured. Um, Cathcart played against Arsenal, so I think he's fully fit again. So maybe we might see Cathcart and Truth. Yeah, I'd go, I, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that. He captained the side, um, and then so let's just talk about the team against Arsenal quickly. It was the, the team that started, it was Daniel Batman in gold, um, Gaku was right back, um, Kamara left back, Truth, um, the Cabaselli and Cathcart centre-backs, and then you had Chowdhury in the middle with Espria and KMB, and then you had Jal Pedro, Sema and Davis. So he pushed Pedro out well. is what I was thinking he'd do. 
Yeah, so potentially Jao could be over on that left-hand side then. If, he, if he's going to stick to those um, inverted wingers, which we've seen him implement at West Brom uh, and we've seen him start to do at Watford. Um, so maybe he will keep Semmer over on the right-hand side and Joe Pedro on the left. And it'll be, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens, isn't it? And then coming off the bench, Sirielta came on at half-time, so he is back from injury. Hoban, uh, Hungbo came on as well. Um, Matty Pollock came on. Vacuum Bio, um, Morris, Blake, um, Trucy Con and Gasper came on. So there's, I think this international break came at the right time then because there's lots of people who were maybe on the edge of injury. We were waiting for them to come back. But we've seen them come back now. We've seen Ngaki come back. Uh, Craig Cathcart played the other day. Um, Sirielta was involved as well. So that squad depth is filling back up for Watford. Yeah, and, you know, some people would have been discussing on podcasts up and down the country for their club. Has the break come at the right time for us? And I think for Watford fans, it definitely has. You know, we've been struggling with a lot of injuries recently and, you know, perhaps players were playing on the brink of an injury. So, yeah, I think this break's come at a good time and hopefully now we can start getting our, our best squad back together. And uh, believe me, you know, the manager will be, you know, it's always... It's going to sound really obvious, but it's a lot easier for the... Well, it's actually a lot harder for the manager, but it's a, it's a bit more of a relief for the manager when he's got a fully fit squad available to him. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for that day when we've got a fully fit squad available to us. Um, and I, I think the options that you've just said there against Arsenal, good enough to beat anyone on their day. So uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see that starting eleven. On a, on Sunday because it really could be either you know anyone could play. Yeah, well, we're we're back in action Sunday, three o'clock against Hull City, and the game's gone quick and fast as well. We've got Hull at home. Then on the seventeenth, we're away to Huddersfield Town. On the twenty sixth, Boxing Day, we're back at home to Millwall. Then on the thirtieth of December, away to Swansea City, and then the first game in the new year is away to Norwich City on January the second. Um, so the games are going to come quick and fast. Now we've had a, we've had a three four week break from Championship action, but we're going to be thrown straight back into it. And there's no yeah, I wouldn't have wanted it any any different um i'm really looking forward to this running around christmas mike's always a bit special isn't it and especially the boxing day fixtures i just can't wait yeah like you say thick and fast just what you want um if you've been missing your domestic football with the world cup on and uh these are the games that count now you know the if you can pick up these you know points on the road or you know obviously you want three points but these are where those points Say you pick up a point away at Norwich or pick up a point away at Swansea, you look back on this and you think that point at Swansea, that point at Norwich, that was vital, that was. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're on TV a couple of times as well in those uh, games that you've mentioned. So even better gives me an excuse to get down the boozer and watch a game. But um, yeah, it you know obviously makes it better for me, obviously managing on a Saturday. I get to watch the games that are on TV and the midweek games. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to diving straight back into it. And uh, I love the Christmas period anyway. And hopefully, if we have time, we can maybe do a Christmas special like we have done the last couple of years. But I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this, this Christmas period. 
Yeah, likewise, my uh, mate, and I'm sure we will do a Christmas special like we do, and um, we have done for the last three seasons, I think. Um, so yeah, watch your space. But yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight. Uh, don't forget to that like that hit um, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to like the video. And um, me and Mike will probably be back Monday evening to do a review of the whole city game. Hopefully, it's about three points of victory drove. Hopefully, it's about o Ozan Tufan um, being sent off or something silly like that. Instead of talking about him scoring a forty yard screamer um, okay. in the top bins. Um, but yeah, we'll be back on Monday evening. Stay safe, everyone, and come on, you all. Sports Social Podcast Network.